It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. I'm Mark Willard, and this is Inside Giant Moments, presented by T-Mobile, an official San Francisco Giants podcast. In season one, we looked back at some of the most iconic moments in franchise history. Now, it's time to focus on the present and future. We'll cover memorable wins and the off-field moments, interests, and personalities of the 2021 Giants team and staff. Join us for season two of Inside Giant Moments, now. The Giants organization is as deep as it's been in well over a decade. That means there are a lot of exciting names right now on the doorstep of the majors. The Sacramento Rivercats team has had a fascinating season defined by rising stars, familiar names tuning up, and one player who defied the odds like no one ever has. The voice of the Rivercats, Johnny Dosko, acts as our guide through the Giants' AAA story. I can't wait to dive in with you uh, and, and, and start off by uh, getting a little bit of your background. I mean, this, this goes back a long way, all the way to the, the Fresno Grizzlies organization. That's right. That's yeah. That's where we met, you know. Yep. And and uh, so yeah. I mean, I was in Fresno, the Giants affiliate, ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand, with guys like Calvin Murray, Armando Rios, and Soderstrom and Mirabelli, and all those guys. And then the, in 2000, uh, 2001, I went to the the River Cats. They were the A's, so I've been there ever since. And then, of course, they get, went back to the uh, the uh, Giants. Went to Sacramento in twenty fifteen. So yeah, seeing a lot in AAA. This is uh, year number twenty. I, in Sacramento, year number twenty because you can't count the pandemic year. So my twentieth year in Sacramento, and it's yeah, it's been awesome. It's been a great run, man, to see these guys go go up to the big leagues and obviously see some guys come down too. But been pretty cool to see uh, see the Giants and see their fans and see the orange and black here at this at this ballpark. They they they, they love their Giants around here. It's Giants country around here, so it's pretty cool. I've told you this, but I, I I'd love to share the story here on the podcast. You mentioned that's where we met when I was uh, one year out of Cal. Poly San Luis Obispo I was on the road with the Cal Poly baseball team and uh, doing a game on the road at Fresno State and I uh, did a few innings and got a tap on the shoulder uh, from someone who said boy you know you you do a nice job have you ever thought about maybe trying to get into minor league baseball and it was none other than you and I didn't realize it was your first year with the team um, and and you know we, we struck a relationship I used you as a resource you were incredibly kind and uh, and and about a year later, I was doing games in the Angels organization in Idaho, and it's all led to this, Johnny. Here we are. Awesome, man. I love that story. <laughs> I know you told me a lot. I love that. I love yeah. it. And I, now I listen to you all the time. It's cool. That's really cool. It comes full circle like that. I love that. It, it really sure cool. does. It sure does. And I, I wonder, uh, with that history with Sacramento that you've had, how this particular Rivercat season um, sort of fits into it, especially – with the fact that now the, the parent organization does so many creative things back and forth with the minor leagues. You're getting some bigger names through there for sure. You're getting people who are just back and forth to the team all along. So how has it sort of changed what your team looks like when you started there versus now? Yeah, you know, it's 
The thing about the Giants, and, and the, you know, one thing I've realized about the Giants through the years is, is their MO is, is not necessarily wins and losses at the AAA level. I try to explain that to our front office here with the Rivercats all the time. Like, you can't measure a AAA team with wins and losses. You measure them how the guys go up and contribute to the big club. And you look at all the guys that have gone from Sacramento to San Francisco. All those guys that have contributed. There's so many names. I mean, Jay Jackson, just so many. Bossler have gone on and on. Dwayne Wade, all those guys. And, and you know, it's, it, it's amazing uh, just how many guys have gone up and helped out the big club. So I think I, I know that Kapler measures it and the front office of the Giants measure it differently than some of the Rivercat fans do. You know, I know with the A's, we got a lot of winning teams. They gave us a, a lot of talent. I look out there, I'm looking out right now, I look at the Rivercats, uh, PCL champs, AAA champs, division champs, and it's filled up, right? But the Giants, they just, I mean, you look at the 2010, 2012, 2014, when the Giants were in Fresno, and they had terrible teams in Fresno record-wise. But look, they had three championships, right? And, then, and it always takes 35, 37 guys to win a championship, guys going up and down, guys can contributing so that's one thing i've learned about the giants i and i try i don't measure and we've lost some tough games i think we're better than what are we 32 and 45 we're a much better team than 32 and 45 we've lost some tough ones late you know but that's one thing i've learned about the Giants. it's just not about the wins and losses and the giants use their farm system you know the guys will go up for a couple days come back i mean they're you know you've got a genius in farhan and you got this you know those guys are just they're so meticulous, so detail-oriented with everything they do, and they know exactly what they're doing. So you kind of got to trust them and understand that's not about the wins at our level. Uh, I wonder how the guys handle that. Like, uh, you know, all of them, they're competitors. They're going to want to win, but they're also a, a, a phone call away from the big leagues, which is their actual goal when they wake up in the morning. But, uh, you know, let's take Joey Bart, for example. How do you think he sort of feels about – uh, his success in an at bat versus a win that night. You know, I think I think they they all want to win. I mean, you know, that's the way they're raised. They're, you know, these are the best of the best to get to this level, right? So, so of course they're competitive and they want to win. And and, it, and you know, when you lose a tough one, I mean, it's it sucks, but you come back the next day and try to win. But I do think, you know, look, I the guys know the guys know the game. They understand they're a phone call away, and they understand they they sacrifice you know you'd rather have a team be 20 games under 500 those guys go up to the big leagues right but at the same time when they're on the field they're they're trying their they're they're trying their tail off i mean they want to win every game but i think you know look it's 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 part of the the human nature as far as these guys are so competitive and of course they want to win but i think when the game's over they come back the next day and try to do the same thing over again i mean that they're competitive but of course they you know they want to they want to go up to the big leagues and contribute there i think they look at the big club more than the triple a club i think even the players here look at the record of the big club even more you know johnny before we get into some of the specifics of the players and what you've seen and what you project uh, i would love to to get your perspective on what has been one of the most heartwarming and unbelievable stories I, I, I have ever seen in, forget the history of baseball, just life. Uh, what was it like being around Drew Robinson this season? Mm. Mark, man, I'm telling you, man, this guy, it, it was incredible. Uh, just to be around him on a daily basis, you know, I, it took me a while to for, to build trust, you know, and I didn't interview him for a while because I wanted to make sure I built that trust with him and, and just talk to him and, and seeing him and how he approached life and, and with his appreciation for getting a second chance and what he did in the clubhouse. I think what he was most appreciative 
of the whole experience here in Sacramento was the fact that the guys treated him like one of the guys. They were not never walking on eggshells around him, right? So he could always be himself. But the fact that these conversations about mental health are starting to happen, where you know you're in the macho world of baseball clubhouse and you know, guys with their chest out, you know, it's it's changing. I see it changing. I see guys being more open about how they're feeling. And it's, you know, look, it's, it's, he is, uh, he's a really special guy, you know, and just the fact that he, you know, he had his dog Ellie around and he, he's just one of those guys that you just, you root for. And now he's got this new opportunity. And I look, there's the data, I'll be honest with you, the day doesn't go by, I don't worry about him. You know, the day doesn't go by where I'm Worried about his new job. He's going to be on the road by himself. I think about it. I'll be honest, you know, and I just, uh, I'm ha- he's, but he seems so happy when he announced his retirement. He, I've never seen someone so happy. He was just giddy. He was just so pumped to start, start something new. The fact that this guy even made contact with one eye, it's his lead eye. He's left-handed. He's facing 94 with movement. And I said, I said, there's no way when we started, I said, there's no way this guy's ever going to make contact. There's no way you can't make contact one eye trying to face guys at this level. Not only did he make contact, he had three home runs. He almost hit another one. He made never made a mistake in the outfield. He showed a great arm. He's the best athlete on the team. I mean, everybody knew it. I asked around, like, who's the best athlete? They'd laugh at me. It's like, of course it's Drew. He's incredible. But just everything he went through and everything he's been through, Mark, you know, it's just – it's just I couldn't um, – well, I just there were certain times when he was at the plate, I I didn't even talk because the tears were like I was right here on the at that home run. The tears were right in my neck, and I had to just kind of push it push it down. <laughs> you know? uh, it was just oh my, it was just incredible. Just the whole experience of being around that guy. He's just such a good dude, and and uh, with everything he's been through, he's really going to help out a lot of guys and and have people more open about conversations about going down that dark road and thinking bad thoughts and going down. Uh, a road you don't want to go down. I think he's going to help out a lot of people, and he's going to help out a lot of people not only with the Giants organization as he goes from Eugene to different spots in Richmond. He's also going to help other people in baseball. I think MLB is going to use him uh, to help out other guys in baseball too. Yeah, as they should. That's all really well said, and I would, I would not challenge, but invite everybody listening. Go through a little exercise. You could just do it with your hands right now. Pretend you're a left-handed batter. Now close your right eye. And, and and imagine somebody throwing the, a baseball 95 miles an hour at you and trying to hit it. It's absolutely insane what he did. It is. And I, I think about that all the time. Or I, I did that with the right eye all the time. I'm like, how? Yeah, it's impossible. Right. It does, <laughs> your nose sense, is in the way. You know? Like your nose is literally like, I can't see where <laughs> Exactly, with my nose especially, man. Like, yeah, there's no, there's no way. Yeah. In- incredible, Mark. I mean, it's like a, I love love this kid, man. I'm going to have him on again when he has his job just to see how it's going. But he's, yeah, he's wonderful. My life, and I said that, my life is better since I met him. There's no question about it. My life improved I when that. I met him. Yeah, well, and that's I think that's the whole point. That's his life's work. So that's uh, that's awesome to hear. All right, let's, let's talk Joey Bart. Uh, how would yeah. you – describe the season what he's worked on where's his readiness what would you say you know i have come around on joey bart if you you would have asked me that uh six weeks ago i would not have the same answer but just from watching him on a daily basis getting to know this kid a little bit uh (laughs) he's solid man he really is he's solid and you know what look he People talk about the body language sometimes. Scouts will come up, and what about the body language and all that? But I'm telling you, this guy, like, he goes into uh, Brendy's office, our manager, and asks how he can get better. Like, he, he he wants to get better, you know. And I think 
he just, um, you know, watching him hit, though, consistently, hit the other way, he's such a proficient hitter, such a smart hitter. And, you know, yesterday had that, of course, I don't know if you saw it, he threw out a would-be base deal and was walking off the field. He knew he threw him out. As soon as he released the ball, he started for the dugout before they even tagged him. Yeah. It's pretty classic. It was like it was like Steph Curry shooting a three. It was like he's heading down to the other end before, exactly. before the ball even got there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but I was just like, and, you know, like, he's he's got – He's got a lot of talent. Nobody was sure in the clubhouse. Nobody was sure. I've been in the clubhouse for about three weeks now because of, of COVID and everything, three or four weeks. But nobody in the clubhouse was sure he was going to be on the team after July 30th. Like, I think most people thought he'd be dealt, you know. And the fact that that's just – that's so great they didn't deal him because, you know, you've got to hold on to this guy for, for a while. You know, I, I thought I thought he was going to be dealt. I think a lot of people did, and I think he probably thought he was. But, you know, now – He's here with the with the River Cats, and I hope they. You know, I just don't know if he's a guy that can come off the bench. I know obviously he wants to be in the big leagues, but I just don't. I, I don't know if he'd be great just playing two or three times a week. I think they do want him to play every day here and keep that rhythm. He's a starting catcher in the big leagues with somebody. You know, I don't know who it's with, but he, he will be a starting catcher in the big leagues with somebody. There's no question in my mind. And and he's uh, just. I, I get, think I get an appreciation for him watching him daily. You know, I, I really, honestly, the first six weeks, I was like, yeah, he's good. I don't know if he's a frontline guy, you know, but I, I'm, I've been more impressed and more impressed the more I see him. That's really interesting uh, that you guys were all sort of thinking that there was a good chance he was going to be dealt leading up to the deadline because, I, for me, it wasn't really until some trades started to happen that you realized that, yeah, people are dealing their top prospects because we've been trained over the last couple of years. Rentals are not going to get you a top prospect, but – there right. were some interesting deals this year, and when you saw that, and with the Cubs players and whatnot, so so, how would you describe the days leading up? Now knowing that a lot of people in the whole clubhouse uh, were thinking he was going to be gone. Yeah, you know it's interesting. I look back at it, and of course, I mean Farhan and Kapler and those guys have the last lap. They're probably we're never going to deal that guy. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like they 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 know they're smarter than than I am for sure, and they're you know they they know what's going on, and and so yeah, I think you know look, I think that's also part of the the I think it's kind of the joy of AAA each year. It's a, kind of an excitement in the clubhouse on who's going to get dealt. You know, look, Sam Selman got dealt to the Angels, right? And they, no one expected that. You know, and so you just don't know who's going to be dealt. And I think there's kind of an excitement to that, whether it be Bard or whoever it is. We, I, we kind of figure that, you know, uh, Ramos, who just got here, figured he was kind of an untouchable. But it would have to be a – I think everybody knew it would have to be a heck of a return uh, to, to get – you know, to deal Joey Bart, but we, we didn't know what, uh, what was going on. It was, it was, it was an exciting time. And I love that time of year, Mark. I like, I love July 22nd to July 30th every year because there's chatter in the clubhouse on what do you think they're going to do? And I mean, the guys are watching that. They watch that stuff. And these guys are smart, man. Like you got sure. guys in the clubhouse. They're, they're really uh, smart. And they're always, of course, they're on their computers they're on Twitter. They're on Instagram, all that stuff. So it's, it's, it's definitely a talk for sure. I bet it's more exciting than it is maybe even in a major league clubhouse because in a major league clubhouse, for the most part, guys are hoping, I think, to not hear their name unless they're one of these guys like the Cubs were where they know they're going to hear their name. But, you know, there's a lot of looking over your shoulder and and hoping that that nobody taps on it. Uh, But in the minors, in AAA, it may mean, if you get dealt, that you're about to go to the big leagues and stay. That's exactly right, man. Like I, you know, everybody in AAA, not one person in AAA doesn't want to go to the big leagues, right? That's just, I mean, it's just that's just, I mean, it's not not a Phi Beta Kappa statement, obviously. Right. So, you know, when you when you think about it, like guys 
I'm sure they have dream scenarios on where they want to be dealt. So guys are talking with each other about it. What if I get dealt here? What if you get dealt there? And I think, yeah, in AAA, that's what, you know, they're, they're one step, one step back to the dream that they had or dream that they're about to have. So yeah, that's absolutely correct. You mentioned Elliot Ramos. It's only been a couple of weeks, but what are your impressions? Here are my impressions. Uh, you know, I took a, a walk with the kid a little bit around the outfield a little bit and talked with him. And, uh, you know, I will say this. Uh, he has a, an advantage that a lot of guys don't have and that he has a, a brother eight years older than him that has been through the minor leagues and never been in the big leagues. So he understands failure. He understands. When I talked to him about failure a little bit, he, he understands that the game is hard. For a 21-year-old to understand that it's a hard game, even at AAA, to understand you're going to have the 0 for 4s. And I'll give you an example. Like the other day, he went 0 for 4 and had a terrible throwing error in the outfield. And I, I got a lot of joy out of it because I love when these guys fail at AAA because I want to see what they're made of. I want to see what they do. We had the off day the next day. He didn't play. The game last night, he goes 4 for 4 with three RBIs, right, and just played a solid outfield. Like, this kid understands the dailiness of the game already at 21. He understands he's going to have failure. I want him to have some failure down here. I hope they don't bring him up early. I want him to experience it. But he's, he, he can hit, man, and he's, and he's just got that presence. I think having Henry Ramos as his older brother, who's been a career minor leaguer, is only going to help him. And Henry put on a clinic in front of his brother. Henry went like 11 for 20, like two home runs, and was playing all over the place, jumping all over the wall in the outfield. And you know, He's got a good role model there in his older brother, Henry Ramos, who he credits a lot of his, his success to. You know? So I, I think he's going to be really good. They're gonna, <laughs> he's going to be a good major league player. I don't know his ceiling, but just from watching him and just watching his mental approach, and what, you know, he, I, I was right there when he asked our hitting coach, can I get more hitting? Can I get more hitting? Can I get in the Can I get in the cage more? Can I get extra hitting? Like he he works, he works, and he's talented, and that's a pretty good combination when you're 21 years old and the whole world's watching. I don't think he'll be freaked out by the bright lights. I kind of get that feeling from him that he won't be overwhelmed, which is a really good sign. We've been hearing his name so long, I forget that he's only 21 <laughs> years old. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Been hearing this guy's name for so long, and sometimes you know what I try to do, Mark, when I watch these guys, I try to, I try to erase the hype i'm like let me watch him as a scout let me watch him as someone i want to pretend i don't know who he is you know i try to do that try to block all the noise out and watch him and he's he's an impressive player now he 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 made a couple of uh, in tacoma he made uh he dropped a fly ball and he misread a ball and he didn't look great in the outfield for a couple games but uh, he has been getting better reads just and we've only seen him for a week so it's it's early it's not a big sample size but I'm excited to see. I'm like I look like I look forward to watching him. I, I told my wife like I look forward to watching this kid play, and I like when I I'm really pumped about watching someone play. And I, he's one of those guys. He's really really fun to watch. How's our guy Mauricio Dubon doing? Dubon's doing fine. You know, like he started off great. I think he's cooled off a little bit. He makes some dazzling plays. Uh, you know, dazzling plays at shortstop. He'll play all over the place. He's made some miss. You know, base running mistakes as he does sometimes. You know, but. Uh, <laughs> But you know, but he's actually, but he's 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 played pretty well. He looks happy, man. Like he looks happy. I don't think the first couple days he didn't. He wasn't. I don't know. He 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 was good, but he wasn't like himself. And I feel like now he's like got himself. He's got like 50 people watching him every day. He went to Capital Christian over here in Sacramento, so he he's got a pretty good fan base here in Sacramento. I mean, he was. I mean, I think he's a big league player, you know. But I just think he's there's no room for him up there, you know, and they want him to play every day. They just don't have the room right now for him. So he'll be up. He might be the guy up in September. 
Yeah, you, you you know very well about the room on the roster being that, you know, a, as yeah. we sit here and have this conversation, there are a few guys in Sacramento who are, are, are once they're ready, are going to be up on the roster. And uh, I was looking at it the other day. Johnny, I don't know who's heading your way, but there might be some, some pretty big names because the Giants, they, 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 they do not have room for, for all the guys they have. Exactly. That's what I've been telling people. Like, what, what are, we, what are they going to do? Who are we going to get? I can't visualize Duggar here. I can't visualize Slater here. I can't visualize Wade here. I can't visualize any of these guys here. I just can't see it. And with Brandon Bell coming off and LaStella coming off, I mean, they had to option Davis, obviously. But they're, they have some serious decisions to make here, you know. And I, so I, I don't know what, what they're going to do because I can't, I can't picture it. You know, like I, when I try to picture who's coming down here, you know, I just – I. They, they have the right mix up there right now, but they're going to have to make some calls here because Belt's coming off really soon, and so is Listella. They both look like they're ready. You know, Listella looks really good at the plate. And uh, and Brandon was moving really well around first base, and he's trying to get his timing back. That'll take a little time, but he's he's just about ready to join the big club. So <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do, man. I have no I idea. I, I mean, I was looking at it. Tyro Estrada may end up heading back your way. What, what, by the way, he's been so great. Uh, while, while he's been up, what, uh, what what did you see from him while he was there? Yeah, he's just ridiculous. I mean, it was, it was, he, he was hitting like 385 or 390 for a while, like and it, with a a large amount of at bats. Like he's he's a really really good player, man. He's not he's he's a big league player for sure. And I don't know what I mean. Do they not have room for? I, they may not have room for him, right? And he's a guy that's yeah. performed well up there w- with the big club. So yeah, that's another guy they're gonna have to make make a decision on. I think Vosser will probably, you know, Vosser's been a guy too that Vosser goes up and down and always smiling, always contributing. You know, he does well up there. Comes back here and hit a home run last night. Uh, so yeah, it just we got they, the farm system is especially. Triple A right now. We got a bunch of guys that can go up and help. It's, it's a great problem for Farhan to have all these guys that can go up. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Because Estrada is a solid big league player, it appears, and so they're going to have to make a decision on that too. He's been fantastic. You know, you mentioned yeah. this rehab process with Listella and Belt there, and this is a normal, you know, a normal thing, especially with two farm clubs that are, you know, within a, a not too long of a drive from from the big club. So I know the rehab process is is normal, but I, I wonder what that's like. What 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 is it like for the guys when someone like Brandon Belt comes through? The guys love it, you know, and especially a guy as cool as Brandon Bell. Like he talks to the guys, and they'll come up and talk to him, and and they just no. He's he's he he was so loose. He took some took BP yesterday, and guys are coming up to him, talking to him. He, he's just, I don't know. He's got a good good vibe, and Listella too. Listella's hanging with the guys. I see him in there talking with everybody. So yeah, it's a it's a good. It's you know the Giants through the years, the guys that have come down uh, have really been cool. They've been great to the guys and been a sounding board for some of these guys. And they, you know, they're familiar with, you know, they're familiar with these guys from spring training and even free agents that sign, they go up. The Giants have a very, uh, a very, a clubhouse that's very inclusive. So that, that really helps. And you see that down in AAA too. I noticed this clubhouse is incredibly inclusive. There aren't clicks. Guys like each other. Pitchers hang out with position players. Uh, people, you know, Latin American uh, players hang out with American players. Like it just, it's not, it's not clicky and not, um, it's it just, it's got a very inclusive environment, which I think is healthy. And I, I, I love watching it. So these guys, the rehab guys that, that are here right now, especially are, really uh, mix them with the guy as well. It's pretty cool to see. Yeah, one more guy I want to ask you about. Speaking of pretty cool to see, how much fun is it to have high-level prospects 
in the same system who are brothers. And, and so with Hunter Bishop uh, being an early pick uh, of the Giants not too long ago, he's been so excited when the team earlier this year picked up his brother, Braden. And, and he's been doing some interesting stuff with you guys. What, what are your impressions? Yeah. Of oh, my gosh, man. This guy, he is so, talk about open people. He's such an open guy about everything, man. Like, he is not – he just uh, – he's – an open book and he you know he he always said he he says look if you put my mental approach with hunter's physical approach you'd have a 10-time all-star you know he said you know because he is just he you know he plays the game like eric burns played just plays the game with reckless abandon just always 100 percent all the time and uh has a good intelligence to him in the game no matter where you put him on the outfield uh but he he is really excited for the opportunity to play with his, his his kid brother you know and he's you know, his kid brother, he looks up to him. He looks up to Braden. And uh, Braden was excited to get over here, but he's another guy that, that, that he was a leader right away. He came to this clubhouse and he leads. He leads by example, but he also talks to the guys. Uh, super intelligent. And uh, it's been really, it would be really fun to see those guys play together at some point. They've never had the opportunity to play professionally together. So uh, hopefully Hunter will get a chance to, to get up here and the, see those guys in the same field. We, we Incredible. We had... The, the McCarthy brothers play against each other, Joe on our team, Jake on the Reno Aces, and we have the Ramos brothers play against each other, Henry and, and Elliot. So we just need to get Hunter up here. We'll have three sets of brothers on the same field. We, we needed that, but it's fantastic. Uh, you've had enough uh, storylines this year and things to uh, think about and see, haven't you? It's been great, man. Like every day, it seems like there's another storyline. It really is. It's It's been one of the more fun years, uh, you know, I mean, Say what you want about the record, and we've blown some games for sure. But it's for me, it's just been fun uh, baseball to call with all the storylines and all the things going on. And just to see the big club play as well as it is. Guys are talking about that in this clubhouse. Guys have the Giants game on all the time when they're playing at different times. And guys are, guys are really fired up. The team's 28 games over 500. Pretty cool to see. Okay, quick pause to tell you about our sponsor, T-Mobile, one of our favorite partners because of how relevant they are to Giants fans. Because you're never far from McCovey Cove when you've got America's largest and fastest 5G network. In other words, T-Mobile is your ticket to the game, whether you're home or away. The Giants are big league. Why don't you come on up and join them? Switch to T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Fastest 5G by Open Signal Awards based on average speeds in USA 5G Experience Report January 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. And now back to Inside Giant Moments. And next, we head south to San Jose, where the players may be a little further away from the bigs, but in some cases might be getting even more attention. The San Jose Giants are star-studded, loaded with young talent that is the envy of all Major League Baseball. Their voice, who's become very familiar to Giants fans, is Joe Rizzo. I'd actually like to start by getting a little background on you. How did you end up with the San Jose Giants? Yeah, so I, I grew up in, in the Bay Area. I grew up in Palo Alto, went to Santa Clara University, and uh, always knew that I wanted to get into broadcasting as a kid. I, I played through high school, but always talked a much better game. And uh, and I had a chance to, to get involved uh, – Actually, while I was in high school uh, calling games for the Stanford program, I was uh, running the scoreboard there and got to know the broadcasters, and they'd throw me on every once in a while, give me a couple innings. So it was a great experience to get my feet wet uh, there. 
And then I went to school at Santa Clara and heard that uh, the San Jose team uh, was looking for somebody just as kind of uh, on a fill-in basis. They, they had three or four other people but, but needed someone just to do a small handful of games. So I sent them one of the, the tapes of one of my uh, Stanford games that I had done, and, and they loved it, and they, they had me on. And, and while I was in school, I just kind of kept building and doing more and more games with them uh, to the point that when I graduated, uh, which was right after the 2006 season, they said, you know what, uh, we want to expand our show. We want a full-time broadcaster, someone that's going to travel and really get to know the team and, and tell the story about what's going on here. Uh, we'd like to offer it to you. So uh, that's uh, how I kind of jumped into that full-time role, and I've been doing it uh, with San Jose in that role since uh, 2007. So uh, 14 years now is the, uh, the full-time uh, voice of the team in San Jose. A broadcasting career where you never left town? What on earth is this? It's it's pretty pretty incredible. I mean, I I grew up as a eight nine year old kid. I mean, certainly going up to Candlestick, but also going down to San Jose Municipal Stadium and and you know bringing the tape recorder and sitting in the bleachers and and calling San Jose Giants games for uh, for an audience of one and. And uh, who knew that uh, 10, 15, 20 years later, I'd be, I'd be doing it for real for the, for the team. Well, and, and Giants fans have gotten to know your voice as well the last couple of years. I wonder about your experience getting to be a part of the big league crew for certain spots throughout the year. What, what's that been like for you? It's been a great experience. Uh, they brought me on to do the, the a lot of the spring training games, all, all the weekday spring training games that are the, the web-only games. Uh, started doing that in 2017, and then some of these regular season uh, fill-in opportunities have popped up. You know, when when John or, or Dave have been out, obviously this year it's been uh, unusual and, and unfortunate with Kite missing so much time. But but they've needed uh, some people to to give them a little extra coverage there. So uh, I've been able to to jump in. You know, th- those guys, all, all the broadcasters. I mean. It, we feel like we kind of get to know them just by, by listening and, and watching them every night. But I, let me just tell you, I mean, uh, off the air, uh, I mean, they're, they're even better people. And they have been so, so welcoming uh, to me and have made me feel like uh, a part of the team. Uh, they're always asking about what's going on in the minor leagues with, with the San Jose group. They, they want to know everything that's happening uh, once they get a chance to see these guys up there. And, and, and they've been great um, letting me slide in uh, when I've gotten these opportunities. It's been a little unusual this year because all of the games that I have done so far, the, the uh, Giants have been on the road. So you're, you're calling the game at an empty Oracle Park on the TV monitors. Uh, which is something I had never done before. So uh, that has been a, a bit of a challenge and, and trying to, to get settled in that. But uh, John and, and Dave and, and Mike uh, have all given me some, some great tips and pointers about how to try and make it as seamless as possible. And uh, I think uh, so far, so good. I've had a fun time with it. You know, I, I bet for you, I was the same way, uh, maybe in an odd way, it's harkening back to when you were a kid because we all used to broadcast games off the TV then, right? Sure, sure, yeah, Broad, broadcast it <laughs> off the TV or or even just create your own game in the backyard, right? I mean, I would I would do that and, and call it. So uh, it, it's, it's kind of funny how, 
uh, you kind of become, become full circle again, calling it off the monitor. But hopefully it's a temporary thing, and eventually uh, uh, these broadcasters can eventually get back out on the road sooner rather than later. Your San Jose team, uh, I think, you tell me if I'm wrong, this is a unique year. This is a bit of a rock star group, some young guys who get a lot of attention. That's maybe not the norm at, at, at San Jose. Is, is that accurate? How is this year different than previous years? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it, it's just the, the pure talent level uh, on this group. It, it's it's probably the best that I've seen in, in over a decade. I mean, you go back to the great San Jose teams in, in 09 and 10, which was the, the, the Posey, Baumgartner, Crawford, Belt uh, years that, that preceded the, the three world championships. I mean, th- th- this year's team kind of gives that that similar vibe, although they almost seem a little more physical, a little more powerful, uh, even even than those teams. But it, it is unusual at the Class A level to be rolling out a lineup every night with seven, eight legitimate prospects uh, to where y- you look across the field and you could say with almost everyone that's out there, boy, I, I could see a future major league career. Um, and yeah, will they all pan out one day? Oh, maybe not. <laughs> That's asking a lot, guys. It's it's a long way up uh, for these players, and they still have to advance, you know, through Double A and Triple A, and and stay healthy. And and everyone's going to go through their ups and downs. But but the pure talent uh, on this team uh, it compares favorably to some of the the best teams that I've seen in San Jose. And, uh, and who knows? I mean, five, ten years down the road, we may look back at the 2021 San Jose Giants and say, hey, this was the best team they ever had. And, and this was the most talented team. And look all the big, at all the big leaguers that they produced. And it, it wouldn't shock me if we get to that point down the road. So that's kind of through your eyes. I wonder how this affects them through their eyes. Like, this, again, this is a lot of attention for a lot of players who in some cases are 19, 20 years old. How have they navigated that? Yeah, you know, you know, I think they all navigated kind of in a in a different way. You, you do have seen some guys that that maybe were pressing a little bit at the start of the season. Marco Luciano is a good example of that. How you know everyone already knows about Marco. He's a household name in in prospect circles among Giants fans. And before this year, he had really never played above rookie ball or, or short season level. I mean, <laughs> that's incredible to, to have that and have that kind of pressure already. And then he's up in big league camp and playing just about every day in, in the Cactus League. And he's at the alternate site and all that. So uh, I think there were some some real high expectations and, and maybe he was putting a little bit of pressure on himself. And, and it showed because he struggled those first three or four weeks, but he, he worked his way out of it. He, he, he continued to to work real hard with his coaching staff and, and he's leading the league in home runs now. And, and that slow start is all but forgotten. And, and it probably has actually helped him in, in terms of uh, dealing with a little adversity as a, as a young player. Some of the other guys just started hitting and, and, and pitching at a high level right out of the gate. So uh, it's kind of the fun part of development guys, you know, develop at different times. They go through the ups and downs. How do they handle the times when they struggle and, and, and get out of that uh, because those are important lessons that, that these kids are learning. But, 
Yeah, it, it's a group that is very young. This is low A ball, and in most cases, they're going through their first full professional season, and that's a big, big deal. I don't think fans really get a, a great uh, understanding maybe of that in that you know they were all playing in rookie ball in previous years. Well, that's a short month-and-a-half, two-month season. It's a whole other deal when you're playing every day for six months straight guys have never done this before the grind of of the bus rides and the unfamiliar cities and and getting yourself up and ready to play on a nightly basis it's something you have to learn in the minor leagues because it's going to be expected of you to perform at a high level at the major league level one day and it's something that these kids are, are learning to do right now and uh, in just about every case they're 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 thriving in these in these roles and situations uh, well, Luciano's name has already come up, of course, and I, I want to dive into him a little bit. The superlatives are everywhere, so we get that. But uh, through your eyes and, and as you've watched even the maturation through this season, w- what do you think the timeline is? You know, it, it, it's uh, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's hard to know because uh, you, you never know how guys are going to uh, react when they move up to a higher level. I mean, when you get up to double A, for example, you're facing usually a top prospect pitcher every night. And, and that may slow down the development a little bit for a, a young player. So, so we'll see down the road with Marco Luciano, but he is, uh, you know, totally on track right now. The numbers speak for themselves. He is proving to be the legitimate uh, elite prospect that he is. Whether or not he gets a call up to high A before the end of the season, uh, I don't know. I mean, nothing would surprise me. I could see him a week from now in high A and, and getting a taste of, of some time up there. Maybe they keep him in San Jose the entire year and uh, let him have a big season and build confidence and try and win a championship and play with a bunch of other top prospects, guys that can kind of all move up together uh, in uh, future years. But he'll get a good long look, I'm sure, in big league camp next spring. I I would assume he'll perform much better than he did this past spring because he's got a year under his belt. Uh, But even next year, he's still only going to be 20 years old uh, next season. So just getting to double A next year I think would be uh, a nice accomplishment I think would keep him on track you don't see many 20 year olds in double a uh, and if he does well there uh, he'll, he'll get he'll get right on the fast track so in the next year in the big leagues uh, may, maybe but you know I, I think that that's kind of pushing it uh, 2023 for a lot of these guys Luciano and and maybe uh, Luis Matos as well another big prospect here uh, to me, seems like the kind of the most realistic target for them uh, getting their first taste uh, of, of Major League Baseball. Yeah, we're going to get to Matos too. I definitely want to dive in there, but 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 with Luciano for a moment beyond the obvious, what what's different about him? Well, <laughs> it, first of all, the, the ball just jumps off his bat like I've really never seen of any player in, in San Jose, the, the raw power that he possesses to all fields. And yeah, you can kind of envision it when you, you look at a box score or a stat sheet and you see all the home runs and all the doubles and, and that catches your eye, but you, you have to see it and experience it on a, on a, a regular basis to, to really 
uh, appreciate what he can do. Uh, I mean, it, it is remarkable. The the bat speed that, that he has, it's just the kind of thing that I, I don't know how you teach it. He has got this incredible gift. And then on top of that, to be able to have an advanced understanding of the strike zone to where there's not a ton of swing and miss right now with Marco Luciano. Sure, there's some. He's a power guy. He's trying to hit the ball 450 feet just about every time because he has that ability. But he's not going out of the zone and and chasing pitches. And and guys are pitching him very carefully right now, understandably so. They don't want to make that mistake and and give up that 500-foot home run. Uh, but but the the fact that he already has that advanced approach offensively uh, is what I think sets him apart as well from a lot of other uh, elite prospects around the sport who have those raw skills of of hitting for power uh, that that he kind of has that something extra defensively very solid as well at the shortstop position. He's a big guy. I'll be curious to see down the road whether he may play himself off of short, whether it, you know, maybe he moves to third or, or the corner outfield, but there's no reason to, to move him off there yet. He, he's learning the position. It's a great place to start as a professional, and, uh, and maybe he will stick at, at short down the road, and, and that's going to be uh, a, a, a great thing for this uh, organization once he gets to that highest level. Do you have a moment or two that's the, the wow moment of, of the year so far for him? Yeah, he hit a ball in in Stockton. Uh, it was in, I guess it was early June, uh, completely left the, the stadium. It was heading off to the arena. I don't know if folks are familiar with the ballpark in Stockton. They've got the big sports arena out there beyond left field. Uh, 490 feet was the the distance we got on the home run. Just kind of you know jaw dropping. I'm there. There was wind. It was a it was a windy day. A little wind aided, but still, my goodness, I'd never seen a ball hit completely out of that park like he did. Uh, doesn't batting practice from time to time, but to do it in a game, uh, wow! And again, 19 years old. Uh, Kids shouldn't be doing this already, but, right. <laughs> but he's, he's got that kind of the special power uh, to his game. Well, and, and that's something I wonder about. These guys are, and I don't mean these geographically, they're a long way from San Francisco in most cases. You're talking about their, their youth, uh, but already getting a lot of attention as we've established, and in some cases the talent is off the charts. So what what is the mentality of these players? How – how focused are they on the big leagues, or is that too far away to get wrapped up in that this early? I think it's it's always a focus. You know, it's it's the ultimate goal for for all of these players. So even though, you know, maybe over the when you're into a game, you're 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 focused on the task at hand and what you need to do in this particular at bat to to win the moment and, and help your team get a victory and, and being involved with, you know, your teammates, you get caught up as well in, in a, in a playoff race and winning a championship. And this is all very important. And, and it's a big part of development to learn how to win at this level. But 
I think in the back of all their minds, it's, it is the ultimate goal of, of the major leagues, especially when you know you've got this great talent as so many of these San Jose players uh, currently possess. And, and they're all working hard before games and, and even after games you see them at, at times uh, putting in that work with the coaching staff and the, the roving coaches that are, that are coming in. You know, for example, you know, Will Clark was in town last week and was working with the hitters and with the first basemen and, and to provide that kind of uh, you know, uh, uh, expertise as someone who did it at the major league level for so long, telling these guys, yeah, this is what you need to do to get to the big leagues, not only to get there, but to stay there. So, yeah, that, that kind of instruction is happening on a day-to-day basis uh, with these players. So it is, it is at the forefront, and I think it's important to, to, to be thinking that way because uh, it is a big part of development. It's why they're here, and uh, it's a bunch of players that have a chance to, to really make an impact at the highest level one day. Uh, we talk so much about Luciano, and I think on one level or another, Giants fans have been exposed to him, at least seen some highlights or whatever. We're starting to hear the name Luis Matos so much, as you just mentioned, but I bet the majority of Giants fans uh, maybe haven't even seen him yet. How would you describe him and his game? I, I think the best way to describe him is it's a, a, an incredible all-around uh, uh, toolbox that, that he's got to where he doesn't have this raw power that, that Luciano possesses. Few, few players have that. But the all-around game is the best, I think, of anyone on this San Jose team. And in a normal year, meaning a year where you don't have Marco Luciano as a teammate, I think we'd be talking about Luis Matos as the for sure number one prospect on this San Jose club and the kind of player that you're looking at going, why this is one of the best players we've seen come through uh, San Jose in in a few years. Uh, But he just does everything well. He has that look. He has that feel to you of a guy that's going to be a really good big leaguer uh, one day. So, so the hit tool is advanced. He's batting well over 300 right now. He's a doubles machine to where the, the power starting to come on with him. He's a strong kid with some of the best exit velocities. I mean, getting getting up close to where Luciano often is. Uh, and I think as he continues to develop, and he's even younger, still, he's only 19 years old. As he continues to develop, those doubles are going to start to turn into home runs to where you know, maybe he's not the 30, 40 homer guy that Luciano could be one day, but but a 20 homer kind of guy. And he's uh, the fastest player on this team. He's a base stealer. He covers a lot of ground out in center, can play all three outfield positions. So it is, for a 19-year-old kid, such a well-rounded game. He's got an infectious personality as well, a great clubhouse presence. Uh, and and he, he totally belongs. And uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see him get some attention now. I, nationally, he's starting to pop up on these top 100 lists, uh, top 100 prospects in the entire sport. Uh, is only going to continue to get better and uh, looks every bit like a future outfielder in San Francisco one day. Yeah, when we go down on the farm, he is becoming one of those those names that, that Giants fans hear, and, they, and so maybe they know a little bit about. Who, who do we not know about? Who's grabbed your eye that, that's still not getting a whole lot of name recognition? 
Yeah, you know, for a few hitters uh, that I think people should be paying attention to, one is Jairo Pomares, who's a corner outfielder. He's from Cuba. He's he's only 20 years old. Uh, he's actually the leading hitter on this team, uh, better average than Matos or Luciano. And uh, his his power has been just as impressive, really, as Marco Luciano. Now, there is a little more swing and miss in that swing, so that'll need to get refined as he as he moves up. But uh, really, really exciting left-handed bat who has taken this league uh, by storm. And the, the trio of Luciano, Matos, and Pomares is what you could really dream on as, as middle-of-the-order hitters um, in San Francisco one day. Uh, Casey Schmidt is having a, a really nice year over at third base. Uh, our manager, uh, Len Sakata, who played a bunch of years in the big leagues and has been a minor league manager for a couple of decades, said Casey's been the best defensive third baseman he's ever had as a minor league manager. So uh, I, I've heard the, the Matt Chapman comp from our farm director when it comes to Schmidt, uh, a power hitting, uh, right-handed bat, third base, and he's already playing a gold glove caliber defense, uh, making making plays that you don't see guys in A-ball make on a, a nightly basis. So those are a couple of the hitters uh, that have really caught my eye. And then one pitcher who's really coming on strong uh, here over the last month has been uh, Prelander Baroa. He was the third prospect that came over in the Dyson trade with the Twins uh, a couple of years ago. And, and it, basically a rookie ball guy. Uh, a teenager when they traded for him. Well, now he's 21 and you're starting to see things kind of slow down for him out there on the mound. And he has got a 97, 98, 99 mile per hour fastball that he is maintaining into the fifth, sixth inning with a, a real good swing and miss breaking ball. He's leading the league in ERA. So while the hitters get all the attention, and understandably so in San Jose, uh, you've got some pitchers as well. And and Kyle Harrison's the, the, the number one prospect, the local kid, recent draftee. He gets much of the attention, and, and as he should, he's a great talent. But I think someone like Prelander Baroa, uh, what a find he looks to have been in that trade and uh, leading the league in ERA. When you, when you throw a 98 as a starting pitcher with a good breaking ball and you're starting to command it now for the first time in your career, uh, look out. I think he's someone you'll see in big league camp next spring. Yeah, at age 21. I was going to ask you about Baroa because it's almost starting to become a funny thing. The Dyson trade, which brought Jalen Davis and now uh, Baroa as well, the uh, the Lamont Wade Jr. trade for Sean Anderson. You look at some of these, and I'm like, I don't know if the Twins are going to take Farhan Zaidi's calls anymore. <laughs> no, no, no chance. Yeah. I mean, Lamont like, Wade, what what a, <laughs> what a story he's been, and and it goes all the way through the farm system again. Barola, uh, no one probably knew anything about him. He's he's again, he's the rookie ball pitcher. He's kind of that that throwaway prospect, maybe in in a trade like that, but. But Farhan and his scouts, they knew exactly what they were doing there, and, and you could see the potential with him, and he's starting to realize that now here in the San Jose rotation. Speaking of trades, what did the Giants give up in the Chris Bryant trade when they sent out Alexander Canario? Well, it, it, they gave up a good prospect. I mean, you know, Canario's a really, really good player. Um, it, you know, he wasn't putting up the numbers as uh, like a Matos or a Pomaris, who were his two you know, outfield mates here in San Jose, but he's coming off a big injury at shoulder surgery last year. So it was a credit to him that he was even ready to go at the start of the year. So it, it's the, the power speed, the uh, 2020 
potential that, that Canario's got. It still strikes out a lot, but but he's young. He's 21. I think it's a move that a lot of people saw coming because he'd already been on the 40-man roster. The Giants had to protect him last offseason. So they, they need those 40-man spots. And I think the Giants evaluated this San Jose club and said, look, you know what? We've got Matos. We've got Pomaris. This is a position of strength right now in our farm system. And this is why we build up these young players. We hope most of them are going to help us at the major league level, but you also build depth so to have players available to trade. And uh, this was a position of strength. So um, uh, he is a prospect, but uh, I think the Giants and Giants fans should be thrilled about the return uh, yeah. in that deal. A, a, a great trade for this organization. Yeah, I think they are. And speaking of fans, I wonder – how you've watched the experience of going to a San Jose Giants game evolve, uh, especially with the attention and the star power that they have this year. And you've stated it's more talented than anything you've seen before. So what what are the crowds like and what is the experience like compared to years past? It, it, the crowds have been good and, and we've slowly been building, you know, just getting back to full capacity a little more than a, a month ago. But it just feels to me like it's a crowd that is more engaged about what's going on on the field this year. I mean, you think about San Jose Giants baseball, and it, it's a great family and affordable experience to where, you know, the tickets are, are cheap and you get these great seats and, and it's the promotions and the beer batter and the barbecue. I mean, this is what San Jose Giants baseball is known for and I think will always be known for. But when you have a team like this, and you've got prospects that in many ways are already household names, you're getting a lot of people that are coming out now to watch these young players. And when Marco Luciano is in the batter's box, there's a bit of a buzz in the ballpark uh, that doesn't usually happen. It happened a couple of years ago when Joey Bart was here. And before that, I mean, Buster Posey, Tim Lincecum were the only guys that I can remember where you had these prospects that kind of everyone already knew about. And you come to a minor league game actually to watch these these young kids play. So uh, that, that's that been a fun experience. And, and these players haven't disappointed. This group's uh, 24 games over 500, one of the best records in all of minor league baseball. Uh, lead the league in hitting, lead the league in pitching. Uh, they're doing it all right now, and, and uh, I feel very fortunate that I get a chance to watch them on a nightly basis. Thanks so much for listening to Inside Giant Moments, presented by T-Mobile. Don't forget to give us a rating and a review, and share this episode with your friends and family. To make sure you never miss these exclusive conversations each week, subscribe and follow the Inside Giant Moments podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey.